Good morning. It's always encouraging to whoever's going to give the message when the worship sort of uh, reaffirms to you that you've got the right message. And so I believe this morning the Holy Spirit is wanting to do a reset in us. You know, this year we've, we kind of have a theme. I don't think we've really done themes before for years, but this year it's, we're taking it back. We're taking back everything that the Lord has for us that the devil has tried to steal or delay or destroy because that's what he does. He steals, kills, and destroys. And so I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to give us a fresh baptism of his power. Because Jesus said that his followers, these things will follow my disciples, signs, wonders, and miracles. And it's not like that's a, a litmus test to see if you're really a follower of Christ, but it's something that should be the natural outflow of our lives, of our relationship with him, of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And uh, the Bible also says, we're going to read it in a, minute, in a minute, that he brings us into all truth. Now, a lot of times, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think when we hear that, a lot of times we think we're going to get this deep revelation of revelations. You know, we're going to understand what the beast is with all the, the things, and we're going to understand the mountains and, and the, the, the animal that, you know, he's got the, the face of an eagle, and then it's the face of a, a lion, and, then it's, and we think we're going to get the truth of Daniel, right? But what if it's a little bit closer to home and a little more simple than that? What about if he just wants to get all truth in us? Like we talked about earlier, the lies that we've believed, the deceptions that we've taken a part of, deceiving ourselves, not others around us. I mean, that happens too, don't get me wrong. But what about he wants to lead us to all truth on the inside? And then that makes a difference in how we act on the outside. See, the world is sick of fake. I mean, are you guys sick of fake? We're sick of fake news, and I'm not picking you on one side or the other. Everybody up there in Washington is practically fake. You know, it's, it's rules for thee, but not for me. We've seen that a lot lately. Here, just in the last few years, it seems like the institutions that, that we felt in our government that were solid and that were just, we are now finding out are full of corruption and agendas, and, and everybody in Washington, it seems like, is lining their own pockets on both sides of the aisle. People are sick of fake. And, and it's sad, but even in the church, there's been so many leaders, young leaders, old leaders, but especially the young leaders that have fallen, and it's, it's, it's just fake. And so the world is searching for something authentic. They're searching for something genuine. And I believe that the Lord wants to do a reset, another baptism of his power in us, so that what they see in us is truly him and not the mixture that we have from our past, from our past experiences, from our families, from the way that we were raised, from the hurts that we've experienced, the disappointments that we've had. They don't want a mixture. They don't want anything fake. They want the real thing. See, they don't want to hear your word of prophecy and hear if you were cursing them in the parking lot because they took your parking space. You know, they don't, they don't want to know your word of knowledge if you were just gossiping about them in the lobby. See, the world is sick of fake. We've got enough fool's gold out there in the whole world. They want the real gold. And here Jesus has a whole, he's got heaven just lined with it. 
we love the gifts of the Spirit. This morning we saw it. Word of knowledge was flowing. Prophetic words were flowing. The tongues and interpretations. We love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I am in no means, no way, putting those down. I'm actually believing the Lord for a demonstration, more of a demonstration of, of the Holy Spirit today. But gifts without fruit sour the experience. They sour the experience and the world wants nothing of it. And so we've got to realize that the power of the Holy Spirit that flows in gifts, miracles, signs, wonders, when, when a blind person begins to see, that same power that is, that is flowing into that person's physical body to bring them a healing is the exact same power that flows through us to bring us peace in a storm, to bring us joy when there's sorrow, to bring us patience when the whole world is on fire, to bring us kindness when everyone's mean. It's the same power that grows the fruit in us. So many times we understand gifts of the Spirit. It's just to whomever he wants to place it on. It's a gift. You don't ask for it. You just receive it. And the giftings and callings of God are without repentance, meaning he doesn't take it back. I think sometimes some people, we think that we have to grow our own fruit. Like we've got to grow it, and when we grow it, then we'll get more gifts. Well, that makes it not a gift. That makes it a reward that you've earned. And that's not what it is. See, a tree can't make itself grow fruit. That takes the Lord. See, that's why the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they, they had a cloud by day to give them shade. They had a fire by night to keep them warm. They had manna delivered to them. When they wanted meat, they had birds bring it to them. Like, God provided everything for them. And it was this miraculous 40 years in the wilderness. And then they stepped into the promised land. Did the miracles stop just because they had to sow? Just because they had to plow? Just because they had to harvest their crops? Let me tell you, being a farmer's daughter, it's a miracle that there's ever a crop. It's a miracle between the floods and the droughts, the tornadoes, the pestilence, the diseases that come on the crops, the locusts that come through. I mean, every year in parts of Africa, there's an entire swarm of locusts that come through and wipe out crops in different areas. And so farmers can tell you it's a miracle that there's ever a crop. But somehow, because we're not farmers and we're not that close to our food, we don't realize it. We think it's by the sweat of our own brow. I got I to gotta be patient. And so we swallow and we swallow and we stuff and we stuff our feelings. And then finally we can't take any more and we blow up. And then people are looking at us like, what is wrong with you? I thought you were a Christian. Instead of having, stepping into a place of faith and saying, okay, God, I'm not feeling a whole lot of patience right now. I think you put every slow person in a car in front of me when I'm running late that I need to get there. You know, when we're not feeling the kindness, when we're not feeling the joy, when we're not feeling the, the certainty in him, we somehow think that we've got to, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and do it. And instead, it's the same power. It's the same power. Turn with me to John, the book of John, chapter 16. We're going to start at verse 7. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. But I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, stand by, will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. See, he's a helper. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's an intercessor. He's a counselor, a strengthener, and a standby. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is there to change our lives, to change us on the inside, to change us from the inside out. So many times we want to work on the outside. We want to put on a show to everybody else and make it look like we're all okay. And then when everything just becomes too much and we blow up, then all of a sudden people start noticing that we're not what they thought we were because we weren't projecting our true selves. But allowing the Holy Spirit to come. In verse 8 it says, And he, when he comes, will convict the world, the guilt of sin, and the need for a Savior, and about righteousness, and about judgment, about sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness because regarding personal integrity and godly character. Because I am going to my Father, and you no longer see me. About judgment because of the ruler of this world, Satan, has already been judged and condemned. And skip on down to verse... 14, he will glorify and honor me because he will take from me what is mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. All things that the Father has are mine. That's what Jesus said. And then he said that the Holy Spirit, because of this, I said that the Spirit will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit is to be, for lack of a better term, a courier to us. He is to be the reflection of the Father in us. He is to be the counselor when we don't know which way to go or, where to, or what to say or what to do. He is to be our counselor. When we need an advocate in heaven, when we've messed up and we need someone to go before the throne, he is our advocate. He is our strength. We have to realize that I think sometimes we, we start to think that there's a secular and there's a sacred but Jesus made all things sacred through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we don't work unto ourselves. We don't work unto our boss. We don't work unto our paycheck. We work unto God. And, and the Queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon. And she was so amazed at the excellence of his servants, the way they dressed, the way they addressed her, the way that they fixed the table. She was so amazed that just even in their mundane, normal, daily life, God was so involved and he was so reflected that it made her curious, who is this God? How does this happen? How do you get just servants to do this kind of stuff? How does this work? And so the world is watching us. They're watching us. And I'm, I'm not trying to get anyone to put on a show. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to just so change us on the inside that everything we touch on the outside reflects him. And then that draws people unto him. See, it's, it's a fine line. Like, It's not our burden to get people there. The Bible it's, it said it. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, not us. We don't have to go around and thump them with our Bible and call them sinners and tell them how horrible they are and how they're going to hell. On the other hand, as Christians, because we love them, we tell them they're going to hell. Because we don't want them to go there. <laughs> It's sort of a, it's a fine line. It's because it's about motivation. It's about source. Jesus was about source. Where is your source coming from? Is it coming from you? 
And your desire to look good, your desire, maybe even a more innocent, you just innocently desire to get people to come to Jesus. But you're relying on yourself, and the source is yourself, and it's not coming from the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a fine line in the motivations, but that's what Jesus was about, right? He said it, you're to love your neighbor. He said that you're to, to love your enemies, and if you hold hatred toward them, you've already murdered them. And so it's, it's, Jesus wants to get down into the nitty-gritty of our business and of our hearts and of the way that we think and the way that we perceive and in the way that we react and the way that we act. He wants to get down into the nitty-gritty of it, and that takes the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the fruit. It's a, it's a whole package deal. We cannot do one without the other. We absolutely cannot do one without the other. See, the Bible promises that, that he will lead us into all truth. Verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he's not doing it on his own. He's not separate from the Father. He is speaking the Father's heart. When you get a prophetic word, when you get a word of knowledge, like we saw this morning, that is straight from the throne room of heaven. That is not just a thought in some man's head or woman's head. When it's anointed and it's the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying other people can't make things up because we know they can and they probably have good intentions and they're just a, a little overzealous or something. But when it's agreeing with your spirit and they're telling you business about you, that there's no way they can know it, that's from the throne room of heaven. And it's coming not to give you a goosebump in here, but it's, it's coming so as to change your tra trajectory, to change your life. See, if you walk out of here on Sunday and take off your Sunday hat and put on your Monday through Friday hat, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Every day, every minute, every second of the day, he is with us. He is in us. And he is waiting on us to give him the permission to say, okay, go there. Okay, God, let's go there. Whatever it is, doesn't matter how long I've believed it, doesn't matter how long I've thought it, it doesn't matter if my granddaddy did it and my grandfather did it and my mama did it and my daddy did it and my uncles and cousins, everybody else did it. God, if you're saying that's not how it's supposed to be, I drop it and go your way. But that takes the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't want anyone to drop their desire to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Jesus said, those who follow me, these signs will follow them. And that's the part that it's a two-pronged message, I think. One is that God wants the fruit of the Spirit in us so that it doesn't sour the gifts that he wants to show on the outside of us. But that doesn't mean that we give up the gifts. So many times in, in Christianity, we tend to go from one ditch to the other. You know, it's either all gifts and no fruit, or it's all fruit and the gifts are bad. Because the gifts made people have no fruit. No, people have had no fruit because they were silly. They didn't know. They were ignorant. They, they hadn't learned. They hadn't read. They hadn't perceived yet. That's all. And so we, we've, we've got to grab both. It's, it's not either or. It's yes and more. It's both and more. See, the same faith for miracles 
that we use for miracles, for believing for healing, is the same faith that we can use for peace in a storm. It's the same faith we can use for joy in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of tragedy. It's the same power, it's the same faith that we can use for patience when we need it, for kindness, joy, peace. What are the other ones? Self-control. Oh, God, yes. Oh, Jesus. Some of us need a lot of faith for self-control. Some of us more than others. <laughs> but it's the same faith. We, we, so many times we, we beat ourselves up because we don't see in our lives what we think we should have. But we, and so we beat ourselves up and we think that we've got to do it and we've got to do it and we've got to do it. And we got to make it, and we got to make it happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to fake it to where people at least think it's happening because I've been a Christian for too long to still be having this issue. And I don't want everybody to be looking at me and judging me and thinking I shouldn't be having this issue by now, but I still do. And so let me just fake it until I make it. But it's the same faith. It's the same faith, believing for blind eyes to open, as it is for self-control, for long-suffering, for perseverance. See, we don't earn our gifts through our fruit. Gifts are gifts. But fruit is grown. And a lot of time to get the most out of your fruit tree, it requires sunshine, being in the word. It, it requires water. And it requires pruning. And that's where I think so many times we get hung up. We, we just don't want to cut away the things that the Lord is wanting to cut away because either they serve us in some form or fashion or we, it's just too painful, we think, to let it go. But having it in our lives isn't producing anything good either. It's a little bit like Dr. Phil, well, how's that working for you? And so we've got to, I think the Holy Spirit is asking us this morning, will you let me cut away what I need to cut away? Whatever it is. And I'm not... You know, maybe for you it's watching a certain TV show or listening to certain music or going to certain places, but more than likely it's other stuff like that unforgiveness that you have towards someone that really hurt you and it was a very unfair, unjust situation. It might be that disappointment that something didn't work out like you thought it would and it's just, it's just clung on to you and you can't, you can't seem to get it off. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit pruning shears are for, and he can do that. And so we need both in our lives, the fruit and the gifts, all brought by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's yes and more. And so I really, I was scared to say it, still am, because you can't manufacture the Holy Spirit. It's, it's either there or it's not. And I don't mean like he's always with us. He's always in us, but he doesn't just perform on our command. <laughs> and that makes it scary. When you go out and, and you hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, go pray for that person. And you go pray for them and nothing happens. And they're just looking at you like you're some sort of weirdo. Then guess what? That's recorded in your mind and in your emotions because you felt like a really big weirdo. And then the next time you hear the Holy Spirit say, go pray for that person, you don't want to do it. Like, you don't want to do it. And I don't blame you. But the results aren't on us. 
It's just the obedience that's on us. That's our part. And so whether we look like fools or not, whether we look crazy or not, the Holy Spirit is wanting us to, to get a fresh baptism of power today so that we could power through our insecurities, power through our past disappointments, power through our fear of man, power through our hesitancy, power through whatever is standing in front of us to where we could reach a lost and dying world. Because that's what it's really about. It's not so we can come in here and pop our collar up and, hey, I got two words of knowledge at Target this week. <laughs> you know, it's not about us. Like Kirk always says, it's not about us, but it's not without us. And so God is asking for our obedience this morning. Will you say yes to him in whatever area he's wanting to prune? Will you say yes to him to step out in faith and believe for that self-control, that perseverance, that long-suffering, that patience, kindness, joy, love? I mean, some of us, we need some faith for just some love. Not to give it, but to receive it. Some, some of us, it, there's this, this twist on it where love is for everybody else, but it's not for us. You know, joy is for everybody else, but it's not for us. I've had too many disappointments. I've, I've had too many people that I prayed for them and they died. I've had too many people that, you know, they were supposed to get the promotion and it didn't happen. I've, I've had too many things go wrong in my own life that it doesn't work for me. And either the Bible works or it doesn't. This is sort of where the rubber meets the road, the, the proof is in the pudding. And so we've got to just step out and say, God, okay, I haven't seen it before, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen now. God, I haven't experienced it before, but that doesn't mean that's not what you've called me to, and it doesn't mean that's not what you want me to do, and so I'm just going to step out and try to do it anyway. And so I'm believing the Lord this morning for more demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we've already had some. We had amazing words of knowledge and, and prophetic words, but I'm believing the Lord for more. I'm believing for a fresh baptism of power and of fire and of intimacy. So stand to your feet with me. We're gonna...